Blog Talk Radio. There's some dangerous large uh, carnivore out there. And I saw that bird pick a young deer off the road and fly away. And uh, it was just about getting dark, and we started panicking, running down the bridge, not really having any clue of storing rocks in our vicinity, good-sized rocks. And uh, I stopped long enough to get a 357 out of my backpack and look back, and that's when I thought I saw one. going to be there, so, um, you know, I, 
always a, a little bit of controversy in the Bigfoot world, whether it's a good idea. What do you think about, is that a good idea, Shane, to uh, have uh, Rick Dyer come and speak at a Bigfoot conference? Oh, geez. Honestly, uh, probably not. <laughs> probably not a good thing. Um, but uh, I do know that I believe Todd Disatel is uh, replacing Rick Dyer. So I know I know it's a real close. That's, uh, a good, that's quite an upgrade. Uh, you know, yeah, some, somewhat of an upgrade. Uh, so, um, yeah, uh, you know, I, I just don't – Rick Dyer doesn't have anything to offer to the community. I mean, if you're going to have an event, at least offer something, um, you know. I guess people can say he can tell you why he hopes and how he does it, and but I'm not interested. He just does what he does and plays no part. I don't think people really care. So, well, I, I would like to have the the uh, torch and pitchfork um, concessions at the Florida Escape Conference <laughs> if uh, Dio was speaking. So, but, well, perhaps maybe that's know. why he uh, jumped out. Uh, maybe. So he heard that there was that was one of the the concessionaires was uh, torches and pitchforks. So yeah. um, coming up after, after uh, the Florida conference in April, um, Matt Johnson is having his first annual Team Squatch in USA conference in Bremerton, Washington. Um, that's going to be from April 24th to 26th. Um, actually, Matt's going to come on here in a little bit and tell us what's going on with that. Um, Ohio Bigfoot Conference is May 16th at the South Fork Lodge and Convention Center, of course, in, in uh, Ohio. So without further ado, I'm going to uh, click on Matt and let him give us a spiel on his conference. Dr. J, is that you? Gunnar Monson, it's Cynthia and Matt. Hi, Gunnar. Hey, Cynthia and Matt. How are you guys? Doing good. Tell us a little bit about the Team Squatch in uh, USA conference coming up in April. Well, Gunnar, we um, uh, my emphasis in research is the utilizing the habituation research method. I was an aggressive, you know, old school Bigfoot researcher for the first ten years out of the gate. hanging trail cams everywhere, blasting out calls, whacking on trees, doing the bobo screams. Etc. Everything you see them doing on how not to find Bigfoot, and we um, decided um, to have a conference focused on the habituation research method. So all of our speakers are individuals who um, utilize um, pretty much the concepts of um, Dr. Jean Goodall and her research with um, chimps that everyone pretty much knows about in the past and. We're kind of using those in our various um, research areas around the country and um, with success, and we simply want to get together and have a conference focus on that and have everyone come and learn how to um, take those techniques back to their own neck of the woods and use them there. So um, when is your conference, where is your conference, and how can people find out and get tickets to the Quachin Habituation Conference. The um, conference is Friday, Saturday, Sunday, April the 24th through the 26th. And no, that is not Easter weekend. Easter weekend is at the beginning of the month of April, and we are the last weekend of the month of April. 
We are going to be meeting at the um, Baymont Inn and Suites Hotel in Bremerton, Washington. And how to register, um, they simply go to um, the TeamSquatchInUSA.com website and all the information is there. They just click on the poster and that will take them to the link and they can um, register then. That sounds good. Um, We're, did you have anything else you have to share? We have a representative with? from Sasquatch um, Coffee there. The hey, general manager I, of the know. hotel said that um, you can set up and brew your coffee and sell it right there at your exhibi- exhibition table. My expedition table? Cool. <laughs> You're... So, funny. so um, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? Uh, We've got a really good group of speakers. We've got representatives from a number of different states. It's not just Washington. And I think it's going to be, A, a lot of fun, an opportunity to meet a lot of people who really have their boots down in various areas and are doing research and are having some pretty amazing experiences. And then, of course, I don't know, when the Bigfooters get together, we all seem to have a good time. So from the social aspect, uh, we're going to have a dance Saturday night and kind of got out of order there, but Friday night we will just have a social gathering and an opportunity to meet and greet and get to know who's present at the conference. We're also going to have um, Tom Cantrell there, Arla Colette Williams, um, Keith Bearden. We're going to have Bob Gimlin, um, Joe Hauser, um, Mark Para. A lot of different individuals are um, going to be coming. And Atlas, the official mascot of Team Squatch in USA. <laughs> I've been squatching with Atlas. He is my favorite squatching partner, so no offense to <laughs> He will be there with his parabolic ears. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for coming on. Um, if folks want to get a hold of the – go to the Team Squatching USA website, and and you can find out all the information there. Doc and Cynthia for coming on. Um, have a great rest of your evening. We're going to you, uh, you too. be talking to – Kip Morrill here in a little bit. Okay. Say hi to Kip. Uh, we will. Okay. okay. All right. Thanks. Shane, are you still with me? Mr. Corson, did you step away from your... <laughs> I'm here. I'm listening. Gotcha. Okay. <clears throat> so... Um, We've got our guest today may not need any introduction if you are on Facebook because he is the king of selfies, um, self-described Bigfoot baller, uh, prognosticator of football games, I see, and uh, uh, got one hell of a sense of humor. And uh, without further ado, I'd like to uh, invite our speaker, our guest today, Kip Morrill. Good afternoon to you, Shane. Yes, good afternoon. Glad to have you on. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, I just want to start out by saying I'm really looking forward to your selfie calendar that's coming out uh, here (laughs) shortly. Uh, (laughs) It's going to be uh, it's going to be awesome. Collect them all. 
yes, collect them all. <laughs> well, I'm I'm working on not only 2015, but I'm trying to throw together some good ones for 16, 17, 18, 19, and 20. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, more. Well, I, there's not there's not enough months to cover to cover it. No, no. No, cal- no one calendar can contain Kit Morrill, no. But I just got my first uh, set of uh, Kit Morrill collector's cards in the mail, so um, I'm pretty excited about that. And uh, I, I like that you put the bubble gum in there. That's awesome, too. So um, You'll want to hang on to those because they will be worth something someday. That's what, I, that's what I've been telling people. No, no, that's... So there's a lot of people outside of Bigfooting apparently don't know, haven't caught on, haven't caught the Kipster wave yet. So how are things well, today? In, lost, uh, I know, that's what I tell them. Yeah, I'm trying to spread the word, the gospel of Kipster. So, <laughs> so how are things in Kipistan today? Things in, in Kipistan are well. Um, just getting prepared for the weekend, or uh, I'm sorry, for the work week, and just uh, was uh, was looking forward to to chatting with both of you. Anytime I get a chance to talk about Bigfoot or other things, um, it's always a great opportunity. And so um, I've actually been really looking forward to to chatting and uh, giving you any kind of interesting perspective you might be interested in hearing from me. Cool. Are the um, football games going as you had hoped this weekend. I, you know, it's funny because <laughs> I, I typically choose uh, my teams based on who wins, so it's usually after the game. So um, <laughs> I'm, I'm happier that way. So, um, so so far, every team that I wanted to win has won. So that's good. Good. <laughs> so keep the safe. Um, lower your expectations. But, That's right. Although I will say that um, I sincerely do love the Seahawks, so I'm sure that will get some points with uh, the Pacific Northwest contingency. And yes. since we we here in Oregon do not own a football team of our own, we generally adopt either uh, the Seahawks or the 49ers, and um, the Seahawks are looking pretty good this year. So, Well, I'm looking forward to Monday night watching the Ducks kick of OSU's um, uh, buttocks, if you will. So, I got that going for me, too. Kick, kick them right in the, the Buckeye. So. That's that's right. They're, they're marijuana uh, leafed uh, helmets, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, I was going to ask you, kind of jumped me there, because I was going to ask you what your prediction was for the uh, and the keys to the game for the Oregon Ducks versus the Buckeyes. So uh, the keys to the game, um, number one, uh, the the Ducks are going to have to uh, allow uh, OSU to hold them to under 60 points. Uh, number two, the team who scores the most will win this game. Um, uh, the so those would be the first two keys. Uh, prediction: uh, 35, 10. Ducks. Wow. I'm writing that down. Thirty-five ten. I'm running to. I'm going to call my. If you could hold on for me, I'm going to call my bookie. So. Yes, I was going to say take, amongst yourselves. Take that <laughs> to the bank. Take that to the. Well, yes, that's what I'm at the bank. Yes. That's right. The bank of Sasquatch. Take it. 
got what got you into what uh, first piqued your interest in the the bigfooting phenomenon? Well, it's interesting. So, so I grew up um, for the first eight years of my life in Redding, California. And so we had family friends who lived in uh, a place just outside of Redding called Lewiston up in Trinity County where there are a number of, of sighting reports. And that was the first time that I really heard about anything that had to do with Bigfoot or Sasquatch or anything like that. And so that was um, going to the, the, the bookstore downtown in Redding. And I still actually have several of them. I, I've located them recently, but um, I bought pretty much all of John Green's books on the track of the Sasquatch, Year of the Sasquatch, uh, and some and some of those books. And I read those things cover to cover to cover. And it was just, I think it's just absolutely intriguing to me that there could be something so large, so mysterious that still lived in, in the woods. And so that kind of got me, got me started. Um, and I'd have to say it wasn't until a few years ago that um, Facebook um, got me probably re-energized and, and reintroduced to the subject. Um, I was fortunate enough to, to get in touch with uh, Tom Yamarone, who introduced me to the, the Bay Area Bigfooting Group. Um, and then shortly thereafter, I was, I was extremely fortunate to meet Bart Catino and, and some other folks. And um, that's just been an outstanding experience getting to know some of those folks. And so, um, so early on, you know, I started off as a, as a kid the last probably three years, got into it. And, uh, I, I would say that, um, big footing is probably one of my favorite hobbies now. And it is a hobby. Well, my understanding, according to Bruce Kelly, that, that you were actually <laughs> raised by Bigfoot until you were eight. Well, I don't like to talk about that too much. It uh, it was a troubling time in my young life, <laughs> uh, but yes, you know, it could be a it, that could be why I do have ex- extreme amounts of body hair that I do shave. So <laughs> we got that. We just crossed into the line of TMI. I think. Right oh, there. dang it! Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got. Uh, I mean, last year you went out. To, well, in the fall, September or something, you went out with uh, I don't know, a bunch of guys up in the. It seemed like the cast. It was half the cast of the the uh, Bigfoot Bounty Show up in the Sierras. Um, that that had to be interesting. How'd that go? That was a great time. Uh, great group of folks. Um, it was Foot Nation uh, trip that um, that Rose Sahibi and. Uh, Basically, he was he was kind of driving that with um, with Sean Evidence and and some other folks, and so uh, it was a great time. Um, some some folks there that I had never met before, um, but uh, it was great to. I finally met Tammy Murray in person uh, to see Richter again. Uh, uh, let's see, I'm trying to think who else was up there. Um, Stacy Brown. Oh, and, and yeah, who's, how can you forget Stacy? Met Stacy. Stacy is a—he's uh, a great guy to hang out with. Um, uh, of course, Justin was there. Um, just a great group of folks. Had a great time. Um, it, you know, I—I am probably, I guess, when it comes to being a, a, a quote-unquote Bigfoot researcher, 
I every little thing that goes bump in the night, unless I really have a, a idea that it really, really could be, I'm I'm pretty skeptical. Um, there were some folks that thought they had some pretty interesting experiences, and perhaps they did, but um, I didn't quite um, I didn't have any experiences myself. How about that? But um, my philosophy when it comes to bigfooting is much like my philosophy when it comes to fishing, which is um, if you fish and you only have fun if you catch fish, then you probably ought to find another hobby. And I, I look at bigfooting that way too. Um, bigfooting for me is an opportunity to hang out with a group of people that I, I enjoy being around, um, doing some camping. And if, if this whole mystery thing, you know, if, if something happens to help, uh, you know, solve the mystery even more, then so be it. But if not, then you know what? I came back from a great experience hanging out with some good, good folks. So, And that seems like an, an attitude that a lot of us in Bigfooting could adopt. For crying out loud, it's Bigfooting. You know, we don't, we're out chasing a, a legendary monster and uh, just have fun doing it. But there's a lot of, a lot of, uh, seems to be a lot of negativity on, in a, uh, the Bigfoot world. So I noticed that you've left Bigfooting a few times and then come back uh, somewhere between 20 and 25 minutes later. Um, <laughs> what has driven those kind of decisions? I mean, and it's got to be difficult to to leave and then come back. Well, with much prayer and meditation, and I had to, uh, you know, channel some of the, uh, you know, the, the early Bigfooters like Renee Danden and whatnot, and it just drove me to come back and I realized that um, if if not to actually find the creature, it's probably my duty to make sure that there's plenty of um, lightheartedness and, um, and hopefully makes people uh, laugh a little bit and enjoy Bigfooting a little more than taking it too, too darn serious. So that drives me right back after my retirement. Well, I'm I'm – Kip, I'm quite sick and tired of you attacking people. I see you attack people all the time on, <laughs> on these social groups. <laughs> um, of, course, of course, I'm jesting. Uh, you are uh, you're you're one of the guys. I can read a post and it makes my day uh, uh, for the fact that you do poke fun at at some of these these uh, sorts of attacks or you know uh, the problem with a lot of this is that people take it. I, I take it serious, but they take it too serious to the point where um, they think something may be accomplished from attacking somebody when, in fact, gets you nowhere. But uh, I really enjoy <laughs> your candor and uh, your thoughts uh, and whatnot, Kip. Really do. I, I appreciate that, and and you know, I, I guess it kind of goes back to the you know uh, that saying of you know whatever it is that you do career-wise or or, or whatnot. You know, I and I and I. I put this into Bigfooting. I, I say that I take Bigfooting very serious and I honestly do. When I'm when I'm out in the woods and I'm with other researchers and I'm doing things, I take it extremely serious. Um but I just don't take myself too serious and, and I think that um when when people uh have have that mindset um that it's a hobby, it's supposed to be fun. If it wasn't fun I wouldn't do it. So, you know, I, I like to try and keep it light and and hopefully that, um, you know, my, my goal is to, to smile a little bit and maybe not take things as serious. And, and uh, you know, there is a lot of negativity out there. 
and and I'm I know I've probably made my share of enemies um, within the the Bigfooting community, of which you know I I guess that's the way it goes because some people think that uh, that I I don't take things for is serious enough, but um, you know what I, I'd rather err on 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 the side of who I am, and, and that's to enjoy life, and and it is my favorite hobby right next to Bigfooting, so. Excellent. And that's, I mean, that's, uh, yeah, it's funny because I don't, I, I mean, I, I see you poking fun a little bit, but it's, it's always in uh, uh, good natured fun. And, and uh, I don't know, the, the, I, I can't imagine, I don't know if it's that you drink uh, an awful lot of Sasquatch coffee. So you look, I had to plug it, get a plug in there that, uh, but you're the you're the way you come up with stuff is like crazy. It's like I don't, uh, it just drives me. I mean, I I, I always am looking for my Kip uh, fix during the day. So, and I'm sure there's a lot of people. I have friends of mine that are texting me and say, "Tell Skip." I had a friend of mine who left Facebook recently, and they said that the their biggest regret with have, leaving Facebook was not seeing uh, Kip Morrill's posts. So, oh jeez. <laughs> so well, believe it or not. Um, I, my Sasquatch coffee happens to be my muse, and so I, uh, I actually I, I, I drink that, and, and for some other some reason or not, it it just gives me the the creative energy to come up with new and interesting and bizarre, crazy, um, cuckoo types of posts. So that, and I am inspired by my unicorn and leprechaun groups. Those are uh, those are also very helpful. <laughs> Well, I was not too bad, at, not too uh, long ago that Shane was down in Kippistan, and boy, he came back with stars in his eyes, and um, it was amazing. We had to talk him. We had to we had to talk him out of uh, uh, packing his stuff up and heading back down there. It's like, you know, <laughs> whoa, come out of it, come out of it, Shane. We're uh, we love you too, but don't, don't go. So. <laughs> well, it was it was a a really nice treat to have Shane and his beautiful family uh, stay the night, um, and it, it is interesting because um, I have made so many friends um, via Facebook um, in the Bigfooting community, um, uh, and I would have to say probably uh, most of which I've never had the opportunity to meet in person, and so anytime I have that that chance. Um, it's always always look forward to it, and so uh, it was outstanding uh, having uh, having Shane and his family with us. And uh, I would I would say that he would be invited to Kipistan at any time. So <laughs> I appreciate that, and and uh, and uh, you are quite the uh, you and your wife are just uh, awesome folk. We had some great conversations. You guys are um, uh, just brought you know, let me and my family in and, uh, we had a great time and I would love to come back out and I'd love to actually head out to the woods with you. Uh, I, I plan on doing that sometime down the road here, uh, because I, I just enjoy, um, you know, being around somebody as positive as you, because it's hard to find sometimes, but, uh, you're, you're a great guy and your, your wife's awesome as well, Kip. All right. I appreciate that. And I'll, I'll, I'll definitely pass that along. And thanks to Shane, I was, uh, actually able to watch the, Disney movie Frozen for the very first time. So, <laughs> which was, uh, which songs, was just a couple of songs that just ring in your head from that movie, don't they? 
I yeah. sing them quite often, actually. So we're gonna we're actually gonna call blast those next time uh, we're out in the field. <laughs> you know what? My my thoughts are always, hey, you know, try some, try it. You know, I mean, who's to say? <laughs> you know, obviously the um, what is it? Oh, it's it's. Uh, I've been with the uh, the Bay Area Bigfoot Group, and we were up in the Sierras, um, Southern Sierras. And um, Tom Yamaron had his his um, equipment there, and he put the baby call on the crying baby, and I will tell you that is the it's interesting and creepy. Like you can't believe listening to that baby cry at night like that. It's just wow. I'm sure you guys have both heard that, but in, <laughs> incredible, freaky. It is yeah. freaky. Yeah, yeah, I mean, a lot of people. Uh, I, you know, I, Derek Randall's actually did that years ago, and and actually had apparently some success with that. Uh, but uh, I don't know if I had the cojones to go out in the middle of nowhere and do that myself. Uh, let alone just listening to a baby cry for the extent that extent of time, and then having an encounter. Wow, I, it's it's nuts. <laughs> yeah, I could imagine something like that. Well, you know. Something like that, I, I could see attracting the the quote unquote beast out of the forest. To yeah, just, to shut it up. <laughs> so, yeah, I actually um I I actually had a couple of other um I guess you could call them expeditions um, since I went up in the Sierras and uh, uh, so Ranger uh, Robert Leiterman, who's a, a very close friend of mine, is not on Facebook but has done um, a tremendous amount of work with uh, Stephen Streifert and Rowdy Kelly and uh, Jamie Schuttmutt, uh several of those folks on their, their Bluff Creek project and, and now the Bluff Creek camera project. And so I was able to go up in, I think it was October, um, up to, we, we tried to get into Bluff Creek, but the gates had closed. So we went up to Indian Valley, which is at the very end of the Go Road, which is, uh, the road that goes west from uh, for, from Orleans. It was supposed to tie in. It was the Go Road is the Gasky Orleans Road. Um, it doesn't connect because of some. Uh, there were some legal actions from different uh, I think Native American groups and also the the uh, environmental groups. But we camped pretty much at the end of the Go Road, which is about 30 miles in uh, from uh, from the uh, Orleans. And so we camped there at the end of the road with uh, with Rowdy Kelly and with um, Robert Leiterman, who just retired from the state parks. And then uh, Stephen Streifert came up for for an evening, which was fantastic and kind of interesting. We we think that it's been debunked, um, but uh, you know, we had all gone to bed probably about 1.30, and there was a fairly bright moon. And I was sleeping in the back of my truck, and Ranger Leiterman was sleeping in his tent. And... At some point, I just I remember looking up. I saw what time it was. I think it was like three fifteen or something. I, I had just looked at my my watch, and I uh, had a shadow pass by, and it seemed large. And then uh, I talked to Robert in the morning, and he mentioned that he heard something walk up, and the gravel crunch, and something uh, obviously bipedal, um, but really didn't have an idea of what what it was or what it could have been. Um, and so it was kind of intriguing because we did some calls and we did some other things and, and we had some 
activity on the outside of, of the camp that, that evening, and Rowdy Kelly's dog kind of let us know that. But it, we found out later that Stephen had left about close to that time. So we think it was debunked, but eh, it was kind of exciting nonetheless. So, And then um, then I did have an opportunity to go to uh, to the Redwoods um, and uh, camped with uh, with Bart Catino, with uh, with Robert again, and and with Rowdy and uh, Stephen came and, and hung out with us for a little while as well. So had a couple of those trips, and those are always good times. And uh, so yeah, Kip. Now you have an interesting career. With your career, has that played any any part? And uh, say this Bigfoot phenomenon. I mean, have you uh, through your career? Uh, have you heard of any stories from um, you know people that you work with or anything like that or uh, anything of that nature? I I have, um, and, and it's interesting because I always kind of I always kind of bridge the conversation a little bit with uh, you know. I'll give you an example. I was I was on a uh, an incident commander assignment and I had a trainee with me and who's a, a friend of mine also, and and I said, uh, yeah, so, you know, I actually am kind of got this interesting hobby. And, oh, really, what, what's that? Do you, do you brew beer or do you collect dolls or what do you do? I said, well, actually, um, I'm interested in a otherwise yet unknown, unnamed uh, North American bipedal primate, otherwise known as Bigfoot. They go, oh, really? I said, yeah. He goes, I totally believe that. I said, you do? He said, yeah. He said, uh, I had a kid working on the, on the crew with me one year who lived near Hoopa, and he and his uh, grandfather were, sh- were fishing, and uh, across the river they had uh, probably 20 to 30-pound boulders being chucked into the river, and uh, Grandpa said it was time for to go since uh, the hairy people don't want us to be here, and they moved off. And so he had he had that story, which I thought was rather interesting um i then had uh, a friend of mine who's i've known for years who let me know that um he had been on a fire somewhere uh over in eastern probably northeast california and was on the fire line and as a an emergency medical medical technician was uh was tasked to go up to the top of the fire where there was a young man who had uh had run into a tree and and had become unconscious uh, so he went up to the, the top of the fire where this individual was, um, and there he found there were two uh, young Native American firefighters from the, uh, I think it was from uh, down in Arizona, that their crew happened to be up there. They said that they were working on the fire's edge, mopping up, and they heard a whistle, and they said they looked up, and in the tree was a hairy man, and that he jumped out of the tree and ran off. And this one young man was so scared, he actually uh, turned, ran, and uh, ran into a tree and, and knocked himself out. So oh, wow. it's just it's interesting when you when you do kind of open yourself up to, um, you know, to to what your your beliefs are, what you're interested in, you you get some interesting stories sometimes. And, and that was that was a couple of them right there. Wow. It's always weird I'm, to me because when I when people know that I. That I that's my my hobby is looking for Bigfoot is how many stories that I run across. I mean, you kind of there's a lot of people out there that are, you know, I've had uh, I know at least two cases 
um, Larry, that's part of our research group that's become a good friend of mine, had not told anybody uh, his initial big Bigfoot encounter from like 30 years ago. Uh, and I was the first person he had told in 30 years. So it was, I mean, this, I wonder how many of those stories are out there that people are walking around with because they don't, you know, that they don't, their friends to think, friends and family think that they're crazy. So they just don't tell anybody. But I don't know of another one that, that, uh, where, where uh, a friend of mine had, a, had a, a, somebody they knew that had a story from like 30 years ago that they, they told, told people at the time, but then they were um, ridiculed for it. So 30 years went by and they, had, they hadn't told anybody until this person uh, let them know that they, they were interested in Bigfoot and, and they, they shared their story with them. So I think for every one story that, you know, that gets reported, how many are, are there 10, you know, 20 that don't get reported? It's pretty I, I think that's... That- I think that's a very safe assumption that um, there's probably a great many of uh, stories that we never hear because of people being fear, fearing that ridicule or being labeled. You know, like I, I do, I, I go into probably not as careful as I should be sometimes, but um, I'm, I'm usually, I hold it pretty close to the vest when I'm outside of the community. Um, yeah. Well, I guess I should say as close to the vest as I can when I'm, wearing my Bigfoot hat and my Bigfoot sticker on my truck and <laughs> Bigfoot shirt and my Bigfoot uh, slippered, uh, you know, one onesie that I wear around. So, you know, <laughs> I'm sure, I guess that, that's a little BS right there. But, yeah, I, I actually, I, I got into it, and this was, uh, oh, a couple of years ago. Uh, my cousin came to visit, and she had lived in all, of all places in the desert, uh, down in Southern California, kind of near China Lake Naval Weapons Center and Death Valley in a, in a place uh, was pretty desolate. And uh, she and my aunt lived there when she was probably, oh, probably uh, early teens, maybe just a little bit younger, maybe 11, 12. And um, they lived uh, in a, a, a double-wide mobile home at this, at this particular uh, mine down there in the gift shop and there were probably maybe four or five other trailers I think that, um, trailer houses maybe but they would uh, sit out at night and they would sit by the they'd have a little campfire and they lived at the top of the hill and near where a water tower was and they um, they kind of got to know the, the sounds and, and the uh, noises and, and the critters that were around there whether they were you know the, the uh, coyotes or you know the mules or whatever it might be and she said they were sitting out there one night, and all of a sudden they heard a whoop, and they thought that's strange. And it was answered by another whoop. Um, so they, they they had never heard that sound before, and so they were a little intrigued, but didn't think much of it. Um, my cousin was in bed one night, and, and I'm I'm hoping that if she hears this, if I if I got this somewhat wrong, I, I'm I'm paraphrasing some of it. Um, my aunt came in and woke her up one night after midnight one night and it was a full moon out. And my aunt said, they're here. They're here. My cousin, I I don't know what you're talking about, but got up, went to the front room and they peeked through drapes just by a skosh and looked up the hill. And in the full moon standing by the water trough, by the water tower 
was this huge figure, and it bent down, and it took a drink, and then it walked down the hill and walked right towards where they were at in, in the trailer. And I believe that she said it was like 30 to 40 feet away. They kind of had a, like a, a driveway and, and that uh, was out in front. They said that uh, she said that um, it walked down and then it started walking away from left to right. And then it turned and it looked right at where they were peeking out of the window and then turned again and it walked down into the Oreo and walked away. She said that she saw facial features. She saw the long arms that uh, that were protruding past its knees. Um, and to this day, she gets a little emotional. She she and I are the same age. I'm I'm 47, and uh, she gets a little emotional. She said that honestly, her life changed that day when she said that she realized that monsters were real. And uh, I'll never forget that story, and, and I never forget the reaction that she had in her face when she was telling that story. It was, uh, you could tell that uh, it was very real to her and uh, had, had left a, a lasting imprint on her uh, throughout her life. And, and Kip, that area, you know, uh, I used to do a lot of work down in, in that area. Um, you're right, there's not a whole lot out there, but there are surrounding mountains, uh with uh, some forests, and uh, there's actually a lot more life than people know out there. Um, I mean, I've taken in a few encounter reports from from that area, Edwards Air Force Base, uh, Tehachapi, um, the whole uh, Antelope Valley area uh, in, in particular. So, I, you know, it's strange people, you know, don't always think that these stories come from these deserty, you know, areas, but they do. Um, and fortunately for you, you know, you, you got uh, some family members that had some sort of encounter and saw something, and that's that's pretty pretty dang interesting. I find it very interesting. Yeah, absolutely. It's just it, it's it just kind of um, accentuates the the mystery even more. You know, you're you're talking about this, uh, you know, arguing back and forth whether it's a primate, whether whatever Neanderthal, whatever it might be, whatever but something large and mammalian living in an area where you would think they need plentiful food sources, water, those types of things, areas that are going to support something of that size. And, and you think about it and you think, well, the, the desert Southwest is probably the last place that I would, I would, uh, I would expect to see something like that. But again, I mean, what are we talking about here? We're talking about something that nobody really knows. And, and that's tag on to, to the, something that I'm, I, I talk about a lot in just my belief system. You know, we, we definitely have um, separate, um, I call it the, the flesh and blood group and the uh, spiritual and, and or religious Bigfoot group. Um, and uh, I'm unashamedly friends with folks in both of those camps. Um, but I, I would say that I probably I lean more towards the flesh and blood part, but um, but I do fall into the um, you know we just don't know what we don't know, and it's a mystery, and yeah. we don't have a body, and we don't have a lot of different things. We have you know we have eyewitness accounts, um, and 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 any of those are very personal in nature. Um, you know who am I to tell somebody? No, you didn't see that you saw a bear or you saw this or that, or who am I to tell somebody um, who says, you know what, I 
something came into my mind and said this. You know, who the hell am I to say, no, that didn't happen, you're crazy. Because <laughs> it's like when you point at somebody in the Bigfoot community and say crazy, there's probably about, you know, 100 fingers pointing back at you. So, <laughs> yeah. And, Kip, you call yourself um, a believer but not a knower. Uh, I guess that's for obvious reasons. I, yeah, I, I I am definitely in the believer camp. And uh, but I am I am not a knower. Um, I I I guess I'm as close to a knower as you could probably get, um, barring having my own experience. But um, but there are people uh, like yourself, Shane, that that I know personally who I feel have uh, immense amounts of integrity that. That tell me that uh, that they've seen something, and I I I believe you, and I believe the others that, I, that I've talked to and that I've been in, engaged with. Um, so I I probably I'm probably pretty close to a knower, but until I have my own actual something that I can really hang my hat on and say that that was what I saw, um, I'm probably probably a, a good believer. Yeah. And, and that's absolutely honorable, uh, and that's the way it should be approached, in my opinion. Uh, you know, you know, my my wife kind of falls into that category. She knows me. Um, she trusts me. I mean, she married me. Um, <laughs> not that people don't make mistakes, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but you know, um, you know, she's never had uh, that one encounter, that one sighting. You know, she's had some funny stuff happen to her. She's she's, uh, you know. Uh, I, you know, I work with the Olympic Project. I'm a part of the Olympic Project, uh, and she's she's witnessed a few uh, and seen some credible stuff. But um, she's a believer, but not that knower, I guess. You know, you can say um, she doesn't see a reason why why something of this nature couldn't not could not exist. Um, and, and and that's why I personally, you know, I don't go out and attack anybody. I try not to. Uh, it gets you nowhere at the end of the day, and uh, it really doesn't. You know, I'm all about. You know, I, personally, I like to prove Sasquatch exists. Uh, that's just my my personal thing, and some people, you know, disagree, agree, whatever. Um, but um, uh, you know, that's you know one of the reasons I'm glad you're on the show, Kip, because um, you're you're one of those guys that a lot of people like to be around, enjoy your thoughts and opinions, and know that you're just. Kit Moral, you're you're this guy that will not um, destroy you. Uh, you know, you're not out to do that. It's not what you're about. No, no, I'm, I most certainly am not. Uh, and uh, it's interesting because, um, you know, now that I, I've been uh, within the, the the community a little bit, and as I mentioned earlier, <clears throat> I had a, 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 I guess it would probably be a stroke of luck that um, came. Uh, uh, involved in, in big footing with Bart Catino and, and really fortunate enough to call him probably one of my best friends and, uh, got me, uh, into the, the big footing world early on. And, uh, I actually was, uh, able to go up and assist in the recreation of his thermal footage up in the, uh, in the Sierras. Um, that would have been, well, geez, several years ago now, of course, that's the, infamous uh kill site where where Justin claims to have um uh you know shot and and killed the the uh shot the two Sasquatch or the two Bigfoot. Um so it's 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 interesting. And uh, one of the, the perspectives that I've been uh, able to get uh, around the community is that um 
people tend to discredit other people's evidence very quickly, having never been in a particular place where where it happened. And, and having experienced that now, um, it's easy for me to to kind of um, look at somebody's evidence and maybe say, yeah, you know what, it's, it's harder for me to discount it. And I'll give you an example. Um, being up in the Sierras and, and actually doing the recreation, seeing all the different locations of where uh, – you know the the footage where where Bart was standing when he took the thermal footage, where the the campfire was actually at, the trees where you know where the the uh, bipedal subjects were hiding and going back and forth. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that say, "Well, you know, those are just it was just those guys by the campfire," and oh, there's no way because you know whatever it might be, you know, they should have done this and uh, it probably didn't happen. And it's interesting because until you're actually there, until you actually stand where he was standing and look and you have the evidence for yourself and go there in an evening when there is a campfire and you can see where the campfire was located, where the bipedal subjects were, where he was standing, you know, it's, it's hard to discredit that when you're actually there. Easy for people to sit back and throw rocks and say, ah, that's, there was a, a couple of, you know, uh, naked tall people just hanging around the camp that night. Yeah, really? Yeah. So, you know, I, I always encourage those people, you know, go go take a look at the footage, go take a look. Um, but but nonetheless, my, my point is that it's it makes it much harder for me to discredit or debunk other people's evidence because, you know, they're there. That's that's where it's happening. And I wasn't there. So now, humans seem well, to throw bigger rocks than Sasquatch does, <laughs> <laughs> but not so as true. accurately. Uh, Not no. exactly, right? Exactly. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. And often hit hit the unintended target. So, but it's. I think you bring up a good point because all, uh, you know, it, there's a lot of context that has. You need a context of how these evidence is collected. It's like, like, just seeing the, uh, Bart's therm, by itself would have been interesting, but he. He spent a lot of time. He actually brought in somebody that was a skeptic to to uh, review the the footage and and the area. And um, that gentleman came away saying that you know he he didn't have another explanation for what it was on that part had gone on film. So um, it's it, yeah, it's really easy to sit you know to, arm, to be an armchair squatcher and and uh, discount everything that that comes up but and there and there's a difference between evidence and proof you know there's def- we we don't have any definitive proof it's all just evidence that we're building an evidence base and and uh something then to compare other things to um I know that our group compare we we get a lot of audio stuff but we don't see Bigfoot making the the sound so it could be anything, but to, to compare to other um, audio that's collected in other areas, and and uh, then you then you have some idea of what you know. Oh, that and they they've seen bigfoots in their area, and uh, and so it gives you something to go off of, but rather than just your own experience. So part is that um, when you've actually spent time with individuals who've had experiences and you've had an opportunity to get to know them. Uh, and, and a great example, um, Justin Smith, um, you know, 
people love to hate that guy, but um, and and people will say after after I tell you they'll say oh well you know that doesn't make him not a liar and I'll I'll say well no this certainly doesn't and what I'm what I'm about to say is that um, I've spent time with Justin in the woods and I've been around him and I've seen his family and I've spent time around them and when you start to know people and you see who they are in real life. Um, it, it certainly makes their experiences and, and their whatever it is that they're claiming um, much more credible. And, um, you know, a great example is, you know, the very first time I met Bart in person, um, I had I'd been, you know, fortunate enough to be invited up to the, the recreation up at, at the Sierra site. And I was standing there. Never, I'd never met Robert Leiterman in my life. And he came driving up, and the first thing that Bart said was, I want you to take my evidence and destroy it. I want you to take everything. We'll, we'll run through it. I'm going to show you the footage that I have. I'm showing you where, where I took the footage. I want you to destroy it. If there's anything that you can do, do it. And to me, I thought, wow. Well, that doesn't sound like somebody that's trying to bullshit you. <laughs> that sounds like somebody that, that, that really wants the truth. And and I'd have to say that um, the, the uh, there is probably... I, I can't say a vast majority, but I, I would say that there's a, a large amount of people within our community that want to find the truth and aren't afraid to be told, no, I think you saw a stump. Okay, show me why you think it's a stump. Help me help me understand that. And I, I think that we have a lot of um, good, solid, open-minded, um, ethical researchers in, in our community. And as long as we stick to supporting them and, and not uh, getting distracted by um, some of those uh, those people that the media seems to love to claw, to to, uh, to clamor on to, uh, your Rick Dyers, your others. Um, I think as long as we concentrate within our community, I think we're going to find the truth one of these days. It's going to happen. If, if there is a truth to be found, it's going to happen. But um, we just need to support one another and, and not focus on uh, what I would affectionately term the numbskulls. <laughs> exactly. I, I couldn't agree with you more, Kib, uh, and that's a great way of putting it. It gets you nowhere at the end of the day to to go out and, and uh, I, I guess everybody plays a part in this Bigfoot phenomenon, and then there are those that are out to, uh, to play a good role in debunking what needs to be debunked. But like, you know, Barcadino, for example, you know, putting that sort of... Uh, uh, you know, hey, here you go, Kip. I want you to tear this apart. Prove me wrong, or, or, or tell me what you get out of this. I, I find that awesome, and that's very open, and that's the way things should be uh, across the board. Um, far too many times you find people, um, once they're questioned, and, 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 and an honest question, not a, an attacking question, just an honest question, they get offended, um, and they get you nowhere. Uh, you know, and I don't necessarily go out and attack or, 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 you know, if I question somebody and they get offended, I usually just, oh, well, you know, I leave it at that. I don't go out and try to nail their, their keister to the wall. Uh, I just kind of move on, right? Yeah, you know, if, if you're going to be involved in this uh, quote-unquote hobby or, or, or profession, if you will, if you're going to be yeah. involved in it, you, you've got to have thick skin. It's just you're, you're not only going to have people within the community that are going to throw rocks, but 
holy heck, the the people outside the community that think you're an absolute, complete lunatic because you actually believe that there's giants in the woods. I mean, that's it's interesting. I, I think I put together a meme some time ago that, that said, so your Bigfoot group is calling another Bigfoot group crazy? And I said, well, tell me yeah. more about how the rest of the world views you as sane. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, right? So, yeah, I, mean, I truly believe that. It's it's funny. I I think of myself as a pretty smart guy. I'm very good looking, obviously. And um and when I'm uh, and and when I'm uh, when I'm around uh, some of my coworkers, you know, my my boss, uh he's big my big big boss. His favorite thing is to say, you'll say a kip. He'll say, "What do Bigfoots eat?" And I'll say, "I don't know, boss. What?" And he'll say, "Nothing, because they don't exist." And he thinks that's <laughs> funny, and and I think it's pretty funny too. So. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. You can laugh at that. Uh, that that's damn well funny. <laughs> that is pretty funny. Yeah, I I do. I, I again, you know, my my sense of humor on Facebook and my sense of humor within the community is it's genuine. I I don't uh, I don't get offended too too easily and I, I laugh pretty good when when people get me I think it's pretty funny so so Kip you know doing what you do and going out with the people you go with um, what are sort of the things that you you feel you contribute uh, to say working with Bart or just uh, any of these groups uh, what do you contribute Bart or uh, Kip well, I mean uh, uh, obviously you contribute humor and <laughs> we all appreciate that um, but in your personal personal opinion, you know, uh, what do you bring to the table? You know, the way I look at it is not everybody can be the you know the football team. Not everybody can be the quarterback. And there's parts of that team you've got a running back, you've got blockers, you've got you know even people that uh, coaches and people uh, supplying the drinks, you know, whatever it might be. Um, I would say that probably one of the one one of the uh, one of the things I contribute I feel most to any of the groups that I I work with is. Um, I like to be logistics. Um, I bring, uh, you know, my camping supplies. I bring my generator. I bring my easy up. I bring my cooking equipment. I bring a lot of those types of things. And I, I know that may sound ridiculous, but um, but for me, um, you know, it's contributing to the, the greater good. It's contributing to the group. Uh, like I said, I enjoy being with, with the people that I, I go out with. You know, great example, when I went back up to, to the, uh, the Redwoods with Bart and Rowdy and uh, Robert and Steven and, and those guys, eh, you know what? I'm I'm there to have a good time, but I'm I'm bringing my equipment to try and help facilitate the group so that that um, they can go out and we can all go out and do good research and and go out and enjoy ourselves and be comfortable and be safe. So that's kind of what I I feel like I contribute. Right on, and that's awesome. And you also provide, you know. That uh, I find you to be sound mind. You bring that sound mind to the group. You also um, are skeptical and uh, not just believing everything that happens, every little st- stick break or uh, whatnot uh, that happens out there and it happens all the time. Um, but you bring that little bit of skepticism. Um, um, you're very fresh in your thinking, I, I find. And uh, that's 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 the sort of person I love to have out with me is somebody that is enjoying their time out in the field, enjoying being around, you know, like-minded individuals, but also having a, a fresh retort, you know, uh, somebody that doesn't buy into everything. 
No, I, I appreciate that, and that probably nails it on the head. I I want to I want to have an experience. I want to contribute. I want to I want to prove that these these things are real. Um, but I can't bring myself to to believe that every little thing that goes bump in the night, you know, every little stick break, every little whatever it might be. And and I'm not I'm not speaking against those that truly believe that 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 feel that that's something that's real to them. I'm just saying for me, um, and if somebody asks my opinion, then then I'm I I, I will give it in a respectful, um, honest way. But uh, but yeah, I, I appreciate that, and that's that pretty much hits it on the head how I feel. Um, we have a question in the chat room, Kip. Beth wants to know if it's today is your birthday. You know, it's coming up, believe it or not. Um, I try and celebrate my birthday many times a year, but the actual, uh, my real birthday, and I do like to kind of get the, the real honest birthday out so that people can plan ahead, purchase those items, get those gift cards in the mail ahead of time. But um, my actual birthday is February 13th, um, and so it's coming up. It's a holy day. Um, so... Don't forget to um, don't forget, and I, and I do accept uh, PayPal and uh, gift cards. Actually, are probably preferred. <laughs> um, I I'm assuming that any uh, like a Shutterfly or or uh, Selfie.com or something, those kind of gift cards would be on the on your list of top priorities. Well, you you know. Um, I saw somebody post one. The one thing that I do not own that I can't believe that I don't own is a selfie stick. And so I actually told somebody, I, I said, I, I I don't want one. I need one. So. <laughs> Even I have a selfie stick for Pete's sake oh, or for geez. Kip's sake. <laughs> for Kip's sake. For kinda. So I know that you, know, you enjoy big footing and, and getting out with people. What? How does self feel about it? Self is pretty supportive. Self likes to do whatever I tell self to do, and 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 self tends to be a pretty good influence on me. And so, um, as long as uh, there's bacon, there's Sasquatch coffee, and waffles, um, self's happy. So, well, that's good. You don't want to be fighting with self. Or, or as I always often say, they'll say, "Well, what what are the main things that you take with you Sasquatching?" And I say. Sasquatch coffee, bacon, waffle mix, and Sasquatch coffee. And they say, well, you said Sasquatch co- coffee twice. And I said, yeah, because I like Sasquatch coffee. So, <laughs> And if you want to be a big deal, like me, Kip Morrill, you'll drink Sasquatch coffee. Exactly. And I'm, I'm thinking that I hope that that played a part in getting more converts over to uh, to the dark roast side. It did, it yeah. did. The I only a, a sudden rush, yes. I was gonna say the coffee. only reason I actually work with Gunner is because of the Sasquatch coffee because he usually provides it. So uh, otherwise I'd probably have nothing to do with him. That's a <laughs> and that's a, a bonus, right? Yeah, I mean really <laughs> Well I'm I am definitely looking forward to meeting Gunner in person one of these days. I was it was interesting because it's it's funny we we all chat back and forth on on Facebook and on on through social media, and so when you actually hear what somebody's voice sounds like, or you know, there's oftentimes in in my my career field, I'll, I'll so someone will say, 
oh, you've never met so-and-so. And I always say, I could pass them in the hall. I wouldn't know who they were. <laughs> and uh, same kind of thing, you know. I could be sitting at a campsite, and, you know, somebody could be in the next camp next to me, and I, I don't know. Well, actually, I would know what they look like. I know what Gunner looks like, but I didn't know what his, sound, his, his voice sounded like. Didn't realize that his his voice had, you know, such a, a wonderful pitch and, say, you know, he's handsome, <laughs> but his voice is now in fix. So he doesn't have like a weird way to something. I'm Gunner Monson, and I'm the fastball coffee guy. It's like, no, he doesn't. He has a fitting voice. You And you've heard some of my early recordings, obviously, so. I did. I had no idea that you guys were were, uh, were doing Inter Sandman. That was pretty pretty <laughs> awesome. I was like, I'm, I'm sitting here waiting for you guys to, to bring me on. I'm, I'm just fully rocking out. I'm an 80s guy, so I'm like, but to find out that you guys actually did that jam together, probably after several cups of Sasquatch coffee, was awesome, so. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that we uh, live every time, live and in, in person. We're going to. We've got a couple of callers that may have a question for Kip. Kip, are you ready to take a question? Certainly. I'm. I'm okay. Let's, I, let's I hope they're not too controversial not. and or respectful. Um, <laughs> okay. I, I hold on. Caller five zero three. Are you, are you there? 503-804. You're a lot of crack background, background noise. Well, I didn't Hello? know I had a question. I was just listening. Oh, Larry. Hello. Okay. That's, hey, that was, that's our buddy Larry. He calls in to listen. I'll drop him real oh, quick. Oh, yeah. Okay. Click. <laughs> I was, Sorry, I was ready for what, what's my favorite pizza or, uh, you know, whatever it might be. <laughs> Hold on just a sec. Caller, nine, area code 916. Do you have a question for Kip? Is that area me? Code 916. That is you. Okay, well, this is Kip's friend, Tony Flesher. Hey, Tony. Hey, so glad to hear you on the radio, my friend. Awesome. Hey, I was just calling in to give KMO his props. He's one of the most interesting Bigfoot personalities out there. And, Tony, uh, they are. What's that? I said, Tony, I totally appreciate that. Of course, you know, you've been experienced by Bigfoot cookies and a few other things, so. <laughs> He's been paid off. <laughs> That's right. All right, well, just want to say hi and uh, carry on. All right, awesome. thanks for calling in. All right. Tony's one of my uh, local footing friends, and uh, he actually, we, we had a little uh, uh, Bigfoot bounty uh, party over at the house, and Antonio was able to make it. And of course, saw him up at, uh, at Rosa Hebe's uh, Bigfoot premiere up in Auburn and whatnot. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think, Tony is related to Bart Catino distantly, which is kind of interesting. So just some interesting facts there. Hmm. Nepotism in big footing. <laughs> Who would have thunk? And, and Bruce was saying that he would have called in, but he's used up his one phone call for the day. So No, back to, back to prison with Bruce. That's right. He's, they're taking him away in shackles. <laughs> what, what Probably is a straight jacket, I'm suspecting. 
That reminds me of my my joke. Uh, what do you call a Bigfooter in a suit? Uh, a defendant. <laughs> so <laughs> there you go. That's it. <laughs> okay, we got uh, another caller. Um, let's see what they've got to say. Area code four three five. I think I know who this is. Yeah, Are you awake? Barnes, if I... Sounds like yeah, you, William. <laughs> How are you? I didn't hear you. I'm doing fine. Thanks for letting me call in. You betcha. It's been a very interesting conversation I've been listening to. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, this conversation you were listening to or another one? The one, your, your guys' conversation I've been listening okay. to for like 30 <laughs> minutes. Been, uh, quite interesting, yes. Um, I was calling in to more of pitch the Falcon Project project and say hi to you guys. Uh, Absolutely. Kemp is a very interesting person. I see him on Facebook a lot, actually. Uh, would any progress in our uh, Falcon Project is actually looks like we're going forward this year. Um, yes. After six years, finally. So. Congratulations. Oh, man, it's been a long six years. And uh, what does uh, Kim thinks about the Falcon Project, opinion-wise? Well, you know, I, I've been following along uh, the funding uh you know, looking, you guys were looking for funding and those types of things and followed along and read about the project. Um, I think it's intriguing. And I think it's, uh, you know, I hear a lot of people that say it will never work. And I think that there's probably a lot of people that told the Wright brothers that they were crazy for trying to do what they did. So um, I think there's plenty of room in Bigfoot research to try things that have never been tried before. Um, and and uh, it's a new technology um and and I'm excited to hear how how everything uh goes and um I wish you nothing but the best and and the best of luck and I'm excited to uh to listen like everybody else will be and to see uh what kind of results and 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 how things work you know and so often in in uh in just about every career field you got to take chances and uh you know you've got to go out and try things and uh whether there's, and I guess it's a failure is a relative term. And so going out and having things not work right and having to fix them and having to, to make them right, I'm sure that there will be uh, lots of uh, learning uh, uh, going on, whether, uh, however the the use of the technology is. So um, I can't wait to, to hear how it goes. I'm, I'm excited to, to uh, sit back and, uh, and watch and, and wishing you the best. Oh, I appreciate that. Uh, what we did finally was we put together a ground crew that which will share information uh, from the ground and also from the air. It looks like the airships can be built sometime this summer. And uh, we're putting a, up to a 10 to 14 man crew on the ground for six months out in the field. Uh, steady out in the field. It's not a weekend trip. It's actually... I've already got my team put together. Handpicked. Uh, looks like we're probably leaving in April. 
or early May, whenever the weather breaks. And uh, as the airship is being built, we'll be in the field collecting information before the airship goes in the air, or the drone, I should say. I'm sorry. Um, it's a two level, two stage project now. So it's uh, it looks like our funding is going to come in. I uh, got very lucky. Some very interesting people get a hold of me in the last three months. Funding line, and it looks like it's a go. So uh, we're doing very well. Uh, we have an article coming out in the Wall Street Journal actually any day now. I want people to know it's going to be coming out, and it should go viral anyway. Um, the crew I picked is uh, all of them had sightings. They're all walks of life. I didn't pick a lot of researchers, and the reason why is because I didn't like I don't like bickering. <laughs> I don't like the backstabbing part of the world. So, <laughs> yeah, amen. I got a very unique crew. I mean, uh, I'll be posting the crew's names in about ten days um, that are going out there. And uh, one thing I do lack, which I need uh, the the big quick community to know is I need supply runners because uh, my crew on the ground is going to be way out in the middle of nowhere. There's no roads where we're going. And I need to supply batteries and food every day or every other day. And uh, that's one thing I lack is for uh, for actually three supply runners. Um, That's all I lack on the project now, so... That's where we and in what air, what area your is the project taking place in? I would say Washington. I can't go any farther than that. Yeah, we don't want a bunch of people. <laughs> we don't want a bunch of people to know exactly where my crew is going to be out out in the field. I mean, if they if they want to hike out there that far, and they're welcome once they find them. But uh, we're talking five, ten, fifteen, maybe twenty miles out in the middle of nowhere, where the crew will be. I have a day crew and a night crew actually. I got a surveillance crew and a tracking team during the day. And um, it's uh, quite uh, sophisticated, high technology we're bringing in. Uh, so, some of the best technology. So, you need people, Go you ahead. need supply runners in Washington? Is there any, is that the only location you're working this, well, I don't care this what, time? I don't care what state they're from. Right. Uh, I got people coming from coast to coast, actually. Um, to this project, where our first place of, is going to be Washington. Um, we're, we're looking at three different spots right now. We're narrowing it down to one. And also, uh, they're committed to six months out and to fill this crew. Um, it's a, I know it's hard on people. It's, it's not done this way usually. And they'll be on the move all the time. And uh, technology-wise, we're getting the best of the best for them. Communication, thermal, high def, uh, you name it, we're going to give it to them. And, and, give them and, and one of the reasons right. I think you're having a hard problem with this, and, and you can be honest about this, I know, uh, is that it's not some, they're not going to be paid to do this. It's something they have to volunteer for. Well, actually, no. That's not 100% true. Oh, good. I'm doing, what I'm doing is I'm paying her expenses out there in the beginning, and I'm turning it into a pay job for these people. 
And the reason why is because I think people, if they're going to do research and be considered real researchers and trained in this field, they should be paid for it. And if they're going to spend, it's going to be a, end up be year-round after I'm done. And uh, we'll be on the ground uh, year-round after our first phase. And uh, I'm turning it into a uh, into a pay job for people because I think they should get paid. It's nothing to do with me. It's just people out in the field should be paid if they spend that much time in the field. And that's our problem in the field is that nobody has enough time to stay out there to actually right. study these creatures. And one of the main things we want to know is how big their territory is. And once we start uh, examining the territory and then go find another territory for another one and another territory for another one, we might be able to calculate the population by territories. So uh, that's one of the things we do want to learn is how large the territory is. And uh, there's a lot of questions that need to be answered about these creatures, and we want to be able to educate the public and the scientific community uh, these answers, give it to them. I have a very large panel overseas project, so uh, it's anything that we collect or show or uh, forensic we bring out it goes to a panel to oversee what we're doing. So before it goes to the public, it will be verified as real or fake or whatever. So uh, right, yeah, I, I'm 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 stoked for this project. I think Kip, you may be. Uh, uh, just the right person. <laughs> yeah. Well. Um, so. So, William, a couple of questions. Um, well, the the first one was: um, is, is there? Do you foresee an opportunity? Obviously, six months is a, is a great amount of time, and um, with other folks, you know, like myself, that would be interested in maybe coming out and and seeing if we could contribute to some extent, but have um, careers and are are kind of, um, you know, tied to those. Do you see an opportunity to allow or want limited participation from, say, you know, if there was a, a gunner and a Shane that had uh, a week that they could come up and contribute, would you be interested in something of, of that nature, of that kind of co contribution? Well, that would be fine, but I, people like that are, uh, I won't be able to pay. <laughs> That's uh, unfortunate, but however, the people on my team right now that make it through the first six months will be the people being paid. They earn their spots. Um, later on, if it works out the way, I, I hope it does. And we, I can actually pay these people to be out in the field to do research on these creatures and have people out there 24-7. I have a day crew and a night crew. And uh, I don't mind people coming out uh, seeing what we're doing. However, uh, paying people to come out for a week or two, I can't do. Um People are, that are on my crew are going to earn their spots. The ones that hang in there are the ones that are going to get paid. Um, in the meantime, like I said, it's, we take care of them out there, all their needs. We hike it in to them. Uh, we take care of them. We, uh, I have no choice but to do that in the beginning, and everybody's agreed to it on my crew. And uh, in the end... It will be a paid research. We're training these people to be researchers because we're not really researchers. And we're going to have uh, 
shop uh, shop classes in collecting forensics, how to use cameras, anything to do with research out in the field. Uh, we'll have a class on it for everybody for about two weeks. And then as we go on, hopefully these are the future research as considered real researchers because they're being trained for this only. And uh, like I said, we're not really researchers out there. Uh, we don't have people that stay out there 24-7. I know people that do, but there were gold miners like I was, and that's how I got into this because I had an encounter, a very close one, and I would never be doing this if it wasn't for that, knowing the fact they are real. And since they are real, I do want to study and educate the public. So I don't mind people coming out. Uh, but I am barring, I will bar people, certain people in the community uh, from coming out. I, I have a, I got a hate list of people that hate me, so. <laughs> well, it's your, it's, it's your project. Join the, join the club. Yeah, what well, I, I think it was um, uh, Churchill that said, um, so you have people that, that hate you? Well, good. Then that means you've stood for something in your life. <laughs> so, yep. <laughs> well, I've got my list, so those people will never see me out there. Uh, and I'm not being mean. I'm just, uh, I don't well, need You don't need to deal with it, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't need it, negative people. Yeah, right. and, and William... Um, I got a lot of respect for you and, and your endeavors and your project. Uh, I met you a couple of years ago up here in Portland uh, during the yep. Falcon Project's uh, um, event up here when Meldrum attended and uh, Derek Reynolds and whatnot. And uh, I got to know you. I got to understand your project, your goals, and all the tribulations that you have gone through to get this thing uh, quite literally off the ground. And uh, And you stuck with it, which is... I have to give you a lot of props for that because it's something you've stuck to. You've not wavered, and it's been not easy uh, by no means. And and it's actually coming into fruition, you know, and it's going to happen. And uh, man, I'd love to. I'd love to. Uh, I'd love to be a part of this personally. Um, but uh, I know there's, there's so uh, many. There's so yeah, many like people so many. that. Yeah, just, see, that's my. That was my problem actually is that you know the people do want to get involved we're I, I, I need I, I'm not saying everybody has uh, have uh, what do you call it faults to them in this field but I did have to collect people that had no faults at all and had to put them out there um, even my panel has no um, blemishes to them even you know, all the way up to Ian Redmond out of Congo, uh, studies apes. Um, it's been a long road. Yeah, six years, January 1st, and everything switched. A couple of months, everything turned around on me. So it's looking good. looks like the funding's coming. The airship's going to be built. I can put a ground crew on the ground. Uh, came on, on the ground for six months, turn them into a real solid research team, uh, hopefully year-round before I'm done in different states and uh, prove what these creatures are, not what we think they are, and educate the public. It's all about education on that side. And it's nothing to do with money. And uh, I, these rock stars in the Bigfoot world, I call them, 
I have no use for them, actually, uh, because I don't need the headaches, I guess you could say. Uh, I'm very quiet when it comes to certain researchers. So, Well, nobody's really a researcher, but I'm trying to create a real research team scientifically and do it scientifically and right. bring the proof out and and I, I've got the technology to do it, so I think it's going to take technology to do it. That's basically where I stand at. And yes, I've stuck to my guns for six years now, so um, it's been there. It's been a long road. Hey, William, would you be willing to join us on on a show on Monster X to talk specifically about the uh, Falcon Project? Uh, I'd love to have you on, and we can discuss this at great length and, and your endeavors and, and what you need to fulfill um, all of what you've partaken in. Uh, I'd love to have you on. Um, you know, we have Kit Morrow here, and I, I want to hear a little bit more from him, but I'd love to have you on the show to talk about this. This is a fascinating topic. Yeah, it'd be nice. Uh, no problem. I need to be more in the public eye now. Yeah. Um and I, that's the reason I called in. And I'm going to have to do this on a weekly, daily basis, whatever now. I never wanted to in the first place. So I, I'd be glad to be on the show. Awesome. Um, I wanted to be in the background all this time on my project, but I can't do it. So I have to uh, be in the public eye now. So, if you, yes, I'll be If you're glad needing to, to get out in the public eye, I think taking more selfies and posting it on Facebook helps a lot with that. So. <laughs> no, I, I actually, I'm actually bringing in a, a team of people to uh, help me along with that. So very uh, good. Very fortunate, very fortunate on that. And so everything's going so fast, and that's the reason I called you guys tonight. You know, so I'm announcing that you know we are got a team together. We are going to be in the field. And we are going to fly. And uh, yes, I'll do your show anytime you want. Sooner the better, because I'm very busy and intimidated with phone calls all the time. Um, All right. It's non non stop for a month almost now. So, but all right. Well, William, thanks for calling in. Ten days. Very good. We'll uh, we'll get a hold of you soon to to schedule you to come back on the show and appreciate you calling in. I appreciate you giving me the time. You betcha. I appreciate you giving me the time. And nice to hear your guys' conversation. It's been quite interesting. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again for calling in. And thank yeah, you. Good luck, William. Be, be, uh, keeping our fingers crossed and wishing you the best. So, Kip, are you still there? I'm still here. Okay, good. So I find find William's project, the the Falcon Project, fascinating. I, you know, of course, um, I I my current position, my current career is in aviation, and so um, indefinitely something that's that's become more and more to the 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 forefront of of my particular job is the uh, the use of um, what we call UAS or uh, unmanned aerial systems, and so. Uh, it's an interesting technology. It's um, it's kind of like the wild, wild west. Uh, FAA is coming up with a lot of new 
small UAS, which I, I think are technically under 50 pounds, some new federal regulations dealing with uh, with the use of, of UAS, um, and uh, I think law enforcement guidance just came out. There's some some uh, policy that came out it's on the, the FAA website. So I find it interesting and, and uh, interesting to know, um, you know, if, if Williams Project will be taking place on federal land, if that's on a national forest or if it's going to be uh, tribal lands or private or, or something of that nature and just uh, curious of the uh, you know the, the the permitting process, whether it is on federal lands and and the the COA through the the FAA, et cetera. So it'd be be interesting to see how it all plays out. It sounds like it's it's coming and it's uh, it's very exciting. Something I'm looking forward to. I mean, some people, you know, the the idea of having. I, I've been I've been saying the way this the only way the mystery gets solved is with a specimen, live or dead or a long-term in-the-field research project. So we're down to about a minute. So, Kip, we really appreciate you coming on and uh, chatting with us today. Thanks for thanks for having me. This has been a blast. I, I really appreciated uh, being able to just chat with you guys and uh, and talk a little bit. So, yeah, it's been fun. I hope it wasn't too boring for the folks, but, um, yeah, good good stuff. We had plenty of Sasquatch coffee in us, so no worries. Yeah. I've been drinking nothing but. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's been Canyon awesome. Blend, I believe. You. Yeah. So thanks again, and uh, join us again next week at, at uh, 4 p.m. Pacific for Monster X Radio. Uh, and as always, sponsored by the Sasquatch Coffee Company. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks, Shane. Thanks, Kip. Catch you guys later. All right. Watch on, right? Watch, Watch on. on. <laughs> All right, guys. Take it easy. Thanks, Kip. Bye. Thanks. Bye.